John chapter 8, starting in verse 30, 31. This is what it says. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have been enslaved to, to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Father, we thank you for your freedom that comes from your son. And I pray right now that freedom would reign in this place. That freedom would reign in this place. Freedom from addiction, freedom from hurt, freedom. The freedom would reign in this place. I pray you would show us all these amazing things you've spoken over us. Open our hearts, Lord, to this word today. I pray that I would decrease so that your spirit would increase so that the word I give, the word that you've given me that I'm going to give that, God, it would be anointed by your presence and by your spirit. That I would speak the words that you have desired and designed for me to speak today. Because it's, it's your word that has authority. It's your word. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Before you're seated, go ahead and tell your neighbor, say, I'm positioned for freedom. I'm positioned for freedom. What's up, CWC? How y'all doing today? Are you good? Mm. Come on, are you ready for a word this morning? Yeah? Come on, if you're ready, shout, I'm ready. I'll help you. I'm ready. Amen. Amen. Well, I know I'm excited. Um, we've got baptism Sunday today, which is incredible. Uh, we had a bunch of people get baptized in the first service, and we'll have another one in this service, which I am excited about. What a... What an incredible way to, to cap off Freedom Weekend, right? We just, we had just celebrated the freedom of our country uh, yesterday, and, but today, man, we're going we're gonna to celebrate the freedom of all mankind today in Jesus' name. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's incredible what Jesus has done for us. And, and here's what I've, I've learned, right? This is what I've realized. We can't celebrate freedom until we realize bondage, there's no, way, there's no way to appreciate and to be thankful and to be grateful for the freedom that Christ has, has brought us unless we understand that we needed to be set free in the first place. If we think we're all good and it doesn't matter, I'm good, I'm cool, then we're not going to understand the freedom and walk in the freedom that Jesus desires to give in each and every one of us. See, see the Bible says this, that we've all sinned. We've all sinned, say all. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the Bible. Matter of fact, John chapter 8, Jesus says this. Anyone who practices sin is a slave to sin, becomes bound by sin. Telling us this, that every single one of us have been a slave to sin at least at one point in time in our life, if not at multiple different times in our lives. 
Now, look, I realize this, that the, that the first service needed this message more than you. You guys are holy in here. You're righteous. But look, I'm going to go ahead and share it anyway and, and believe that, that someone else later may enjoy this and may get some freedom from it. Okay? <clears throat> are you guys okay? Are we alive? Can we laugh? I was kidding. Um, but anywho. Now, I'm excited about what the, what the Lord is, is going to share today. And, and I'm excited because I believe that people are going to be set free from it, which is so important because here's the problem with sin. Here's the issue. Sin leads to death. There is no other outcome to sin. There's one, one outcome. Sin leads to death. It literally ties us and binds us to death. See, listen, God is the God of the living, not the dead. He's the God of freedom, not bondage. So he needs us to be free so that we can live and live for him. And so what did he do? Well, he sent his son, Jesus. The one sacrifice of the one man made the many righteous, covered the sins of many. That's what the Bible says. So God in his infinite goodness and his grace sends his son to die for us so that all of us can be set free from the sin that once used to bind us and, and hold us. He wants us positioned for freedom. And so look, man, I, I, was, I was studying for this message. I was engaging with the Holy Spirit about this word. And it was funny because I started to realize something that we deal with in our, our culture. Not just in our culture, but every culture that's ever existed in, in mankind, probably, actually. Although I've never lived in those other cultures. But I'm sure that's true. But the one thing that we deal with really bad in this culture is this false narrative that everybody's a child of God. Everybody's a child of God. So it doesn't matter what you do, don't matter what you say, doesn't matter how you live. I mean, pfft. you're all children of, of, of God. Matter of fact, right, I was talking to this person literally not too long ago, and it was wild because, look, this person loves Jesus. They've lived for Jesus. They've walked with Jesus. They've talked with Jesus, I mean, for a long time. Matter of fact, I would seek counsel from this individual because of their life with Christ. It's evident in the way they live. But it was what I found interesting as we were engaging and have a conversation, they started to talk to me about their past and the things that God had brought them out of, which is, by the way, it's amazing what God can do with us. It's, it's literally amazing. And so we were celebrating that, but something that stood out to me was when, when they said this. They said, you know, though, when I was, when I was living in sin, when I was having premarital sex, and when I was partying like it's 1999, when I, when I was doing all these things that I knew God did not approve of in me, but I still had no regard to the sin that I was living in, I still felt like I was a child of God. And so I was very, very gentle with my next thing because I, I respect them tremendously. But, but, but I said this, I said, okay, I said, well, where did you hear that at? I just want to know, where did you hear that? Where... Why in the world would you think you could live however you want to live and then be called a child of the most high God, the most righteous and holy and perfect being in all of creation, the one that by the very spindler of his breath spoke the world into existence. Nothing can be near him that isn't holy and righteous and perfect. That's what the Bible says. This is how awesome and majestic he is. And sin is so dirty and ugly and it, it separates us and makes us enemies of God. So why would you think that you could live that way with no regard for how God has called you to live, but still think you were a child of God. And this is what they said to me. They said, because that's what I've been taught. 
That's what I've heard all my life, that everybody's a child of God. This is a major issue in our culture. A major issue because that's not the word of God. That's not what the Bible teaches us. John chapter 1, verse starting in verse 10. You know what, you know what I said? This is what it says. It says this. He was in the world, the he being Jesus, right? God in the flesh, the invisible God made visible to us. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, how many know Jesus created everything? Everything was created in him, for him, by him. All things that were created were created through him. That's what it says, Colossians 1, right? So he was made through him, everything was made through him, but the world did not recognize him. Next verse, please. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. His own did not receive the freedom that he had brought for them. This is what it says. Yet to all who did receive him, now, now pay attention to this, watch this. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them, say them. He gave them the right. He gave them the right, those that recognized who he was, those that gave their lives to him and surrendered everything over to him. This isn't about striving. This is about surrendering, by the way. These are two different things, striving and surrender. So, so, so different. And brings about a whole different outcome. Striving, you'll never get to God. Surrender, you'll get so close to him, you won't even know what to do with it. You will literally feel the breath of the Holy Spirit blowing on you if you surrender over to him. He gave them the right, those the right, to become children of God. See, if people think this, if they think, oh, well, because I was born on this earth and because of my nationality, because I'm an American, I'm a Christian, and so that makes me a child of God. I go to church, so I'm a child of God. They've believed the lie from the pit of hell. The enemy has deceived them. Believe me, the enemy deceives churchgoers all the time. He's deceived me multiple times. I'm not above this thing. <laughs> he will deceive you in a hurry if we're not careful. Going to church doesn't make you any more a child of God as swimming in a, in, a, in a body of water make you a fish. Right? Like, don't really, you ain't a fish. I don't care how much time you spend in the water. Although my kids would think they are. But they're not. I'm like, newsflash, you don't have gills. You got to come up for, for air, son. But it's the same thing, man. We can spend all the church time we want to put in in the church. Volunteer all the time and, and be all up at the church and woo-wee. And still not be a child of God. Still not have surrendered our hearts and our lives over, over to God. We have to be a people who receive the freedom that Jesus brings in order to be called children of the Most High. God. And this is a major false teaching, a major false narrative, a major false concept in our culture and in our, our time. And so this is why people don't seek complete freedom from sin because, hey, after all, man, I'm a child of God anyway, so it's cool. It's cool. I, I can do whatever I want, say whatever I want, go and be whoever I want, still be a child of God. I really don't need the freedom that Jesus brings, especially if the freedom requires something from me. But we definitely don't like that. Especially if the freedom calls some pain and discomfort to me, then I really don't want that. We, we think, we just want what feels good and hugs and bubbles and makes everything happy. Listen, sometimes walking in freedom is really difficult. It actually hurts. We have to crucify our flesh, pick up our cross and follow him. This is not fun at times. It's rewarding, but it isn't fun. It hurts. It hurts at times. So ah, I'm not going to deal with all that. I, 
I'm good. I'm, I'm a child. So I'm cool. We see so many people fall short of their freedom because this is their concept and their attitude towards, towards the Father. I'm a child. This is what Jesus is dealing with here in John chapter 8, which, by the way, should be no surprise to us because there's nothing new under the sun. There's zero new. People have dealt with the same type of enemy, with the same type of sin issue since the beginning of time. And so the very thing that Jesus came to set them free from in John chapter 8 is the very thing that he's come to set us free from today. And so we find in John chapter 8, right, we find Jesus and he's trying to reveal to them how to be positioned for freedom so that they can be called children of God. And he does this in, in verse 31. This is, this is what he says. This is how you are positioned to freedom. This is how you, you, you start to be a child of, of God. He says, if you abide, if you abide. Now, if you've been here at the church very long, I did a, a word study on this several, several months ago. It's been a while. But, but the Greek word for abide is minnow. Minnow. If you minnow in my word. Meaning this, if you remain in my word, if you stay in my word, if you reside in my word, if you persist to live according to my word, if you continue day in and day out to desire to live according to my word, if you minnow in my word, then, then you're my disciple. Then you're my disciple and you will know the truth then and then you will be set free. If you minnow in my word. See, the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Did you know truth is not a set of beliefs and it doesn't have many names? He has the name that is above every other name. There's one name to truth. His name is Jesus. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the word was at the beginning with God. He was God and he is God. Jesus is revealing here in John chapter 8. That we must live for him and in him if we desire to be positioned for freedom. If we desire to be called children. He's telling us and those that came before us and those who will come after us, you must be persistent in your pursuit of me, of truth. And then the truth will, will set you free. You must fight with everything that is within you to remain in my truth. And listen, this ain't about perfection, but it is about progression. It's about progression. It's one day, put another foot over the other foot and let's go, Jesus. I know you're walking with me. I know you're for me. I know you're beside me. I know you're holding me. I know you're keeping me. So I'm just gonna keep on walking and keep my eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of my faith. I'm not gonna look to the right or to the left of me. I know I fell over here. I know I screwed it up over here. But today I choose, I'm gonna serve you today with everything that is within me. Here's the point of what Jesus is trying to get across to all of us. This is how you receive freedom. You take a step every day towards me. And if you fall, get up. Righteous man falls every time. Get up. Get up and come after me again. Don't let shame hold you. Don't let guilt hold you. No, no, get up. Dust yourself off. Forget what lies behind you and press toward the high call that you have in Christ heavenward. This is what he's trying to explain on how we receive, how we are positioned to receive freedom. But it's funny because the people here in this, in this text, in John chapter 8, this is what they say. But we are offspring of Abraham. We've never been enslaved to anyone. 
So what, what in the world are you talking about? We need to be set free. Why, why would you say that? These people don't even realize that they need to be set free because they didn't understand bondage. This is why I said earlier, man, we got to understand bondage in order to celebrate our freedom. They thought they were already free because of their pedigree, because they were sons of Abraham. They were the chosen people of God, Israel. And it's actually not even in quotations. They are, actually. They are the chosen people of God. They thought that they were already the children of God because of their nationality. This is what they thought. They thought because they weren't enslaved by a people that now they were a free people. They were looking from an earthly position and Jesus was trying to reveal to them a heavenly perspective on freedom and bondage. And so in verse 34, he says this, he says, truly, truly. I did a word study on this not too long ago. We're getting all up in the Greek today, praise the Lord. He says, truly, truly, I mean, I mean. Meaning there's a finality to what I'm about to be saying to you. There's no negotiation at this table. What I say is just how it goes. There is no, you give a little, I take a little, we compromise and meet in the middle. No, 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 this is the way it is. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever practices, huh? The word for practices is poyao. I like that, poyao. Kung fu fighting. Poyao, I like that word. That's what practices is in the Greek. It's, it's, it's poyao, meaning this. Anyone who celebrates it, anyone who, who continues to do it, anyone who causes other people to do it, anyone who practices, who poyao's sin, becomes a slave to sin. And the slave does not remain in the house forever. Only the son remains forever. Only the child remains forever. This is why it's so important to be a child of God. Because only the son, only the child will remain in the house of God forever. But here's the thing. We are master justifiers. We are master justifiers. And so we love to, to you know, argue semantics with the Lord. Like, ah, Lord, you know, if I just do it a little bit. Like, just, just dip my toe in it. Just a little bit of lying, just a little bit of cheating, just, just a little bit of pornography. I mean, just, just a little bit. And if I just do it a little bit, is it actually practicing sin if it's a little? Is it though? This is how we talk. Well, maybe you don't. But most of us do. But Lord, I really don't feel like being in your word today. I know your, your, your word says to meditate on your word day and night and so that things will go well with me. Hopefully it will still go well with me, but I really don't have time. If I read it a little bit, will you still? Like we're always constantly arguing semantics with God. Or we begin to negotiate with God this way. Well, God, I'm not like them. Good people are really bad over there, especially in the back row, back there in the back row. <laughs> All the elders of my church, especially back there. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, I'm not like them. Like the the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee. Oh, God, I thank you so much. I'm not a sinner like those sinners over there. This is what we do. I don't cheat on my spouse, so I'm better than them. I don't take drugs like they did, so I'm better than them. I, I don't act like those people, God, so thank you. I must be good. And all the time we're trying to negotiate with him in hopes to make us feel better about who we are. 
in hopes to make us feel better about our poyao and sin, <laughs> our practice of sin. But Jesus says right here very, very clearly, he says, this is not a negotiation. There is no loophole to this thing. You can't get around it. You can't go under it and you can't go over it. You gotta walk right through it. Truly, truly, I mean, I mean, I say to you, anyone who practices sin is a slave to sin, period, period. See, we gotta understand the severity of sin so that we can realize the purity of freedom, so that we can realize the intensity of freedom, so that we can realize the authority of the freedom that Jesus has brought for us and wants to cover us in. We've got to be positioned for, for freedom. Can I, can I go ahead and have my, my volunteers, please? i got an illustration for you guys today. Do you guys want an illustration? Praise the Lord. Three of you. I'll do it for three of you. I'm cool with it. Got an illustration. I'm like all full of illustrations today. Or the last couple weeks, I should say. Let me get my stuff. Tell your neighbor I'm positioned for freedom. Give me some time. I'm positioned for freedom. Here we go. Let's see if I can get it right this time. The first service I was throwing them and everything else. Couldn't get them undone. Matthew, help me. Thank you, sir. Okay. This thing got stronger. <laughs> so all these lovely people here, these three lovely people. Come on, give them a hand. Ain't they great? They're amazing. When there's noise, it, it makes us feel more comfortable. I promise. It really does. So imagine how I feel typically when you guys are so quiet. So anyway, <laughs> so this illustration, what we're going to do is each one of these people represent sin. They're going to represent sin. And, and the strings that they're holding represents sin. That tries to, to attach itself to us. See, this is how sin finds its strength to pull us and to drag us off of what God has had spoken over us. It's like these strings the enemy will use to attach himself to us so that he can have power over us because he desires to enslave every one of us. That's what he wants. And I'm gonna use my own life for the illustration so I don't offend somebody else. Praise the Lord. But I'll use my own life. That's okay, I don't care. We're an open book here. Praise God. Probably should keep some stuff quiet, but that's okay. But look, man, so what happens in life is the enemy presents us with temptation. Presents us with temptation. And each one of these things will represent things that I used to have binding me. And I emphasize the word used to because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. And so he has no hold on me. He cannot keep me. He, he cannot bind me any longer. But each one of them are going to represent a sin. See, when I was a 12-year-old boy, just a young boy, man, I was a young boy, I had this word spoken over me at church camp. I was baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, of the evidence of speaking in tongues at 12 years old. God was moving in my life. He was lighting me on fire. I was so excited about the things of God. And, and, and this, this prophet spoke a prophetic word over me. He said, man, you'll be a pastor one day. And God will use you for incredible things. And da da da, da all these cool, cool things. But when the Lord spoke this word over me, it was like a, a seed that went forth. See, the Bible says the word of God is like a seed. 
planted on soil. And so it went forth like a seed. And the enemy then could perceive the things that God had spoken over me because it's tangible in the spirit. That's what the parable of the sower is about, if you know what I'm talking about. The different types of ground in it is a different hardness of heart. And, and the birds in the thing is the, the enemy coming to snatch it away or the, or the weeds, the cares of life. The enemy causing us to have all these cares of life that chokes us out. See, the, the word of God is like a seed. And so the enemy can see it. He can perceive what God had, had for me. And because he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, because he has come to steal, kill, and destroy every good thing that God has for any of us, because that's what he does, this dude wasted no time on me whatsoever. Zero time. It wasn't like, man, I got to receive the word and I got to walk around with my chest out a little bit, excited about the word, you know what I mean? Like use it maybe to get a date. Now, this was before I met my wife, so chill out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I couldn't use it for nothing, man. I ain't kidding you. The enemy was on me. The moment that word went forth, he came after me with everything that he had. And so what he did was he put a temptation in front of me and the temptation was drinking. It was drinking. And I thought, well, you know, I could do just, just a little, and, and Shane's going to be my, my alcohol. I can do just a little bit of it. it it's, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. I'm just a kid. Boys will be boys, you know. Like, it's cool. God understands. I'll just do a little bit of drinking, not a, not a lot of it. I'm just going to have a little bit of fun. And God's cool. I'm still a child. <laughs> like, I can do whatever I want. I'm still, still a child of God. This was the misconception. And here I am, right, find myself drinking. Boys will be boys. It's all good. No, no, no big deal. But what I didn't realize then that I realize now, what was happening to me, this created a string that the enemy was using to bind me. As soon as I picked up the temptation and I took it and I sinned against the Lord, the enemy had the ability to attach a string to me. The enemy had the ability to have a small foothold on me. But it was still just one string, right? It was just one. Like I could still pull it. It didn't have enough power over me. I could still pull the one string with the one sin. I could, it didn't have, I'm cool. I could still move a little bit, even though I'm a white guy and I'm 40. I could still move, you feel me? So I could still, I could still move it. I could still control it. It was all good. I was cool. I was cool. This temptation and, this first string really didn't have a whole lot on me. It didn't debilitate me. But it made way for other strings to attach to me. That's what I didn't realize. I didn't know that once, once one string was attached, the next string was just as easily attached. And so the enemy didn't waste any more time with that either. After I, after I did that, he brought another temptation my way. And the temptations really wasn't that much different from one another, to be honest with you. They, they were really aligned with the same type of stuff. It was addiction issues. And so he's seen it because here's the thing, right? My family has addiction issues, generational curses of sin upon them. That for generation after generation after generation, they were addicted to different substances. And so I didn't even understand any of this. I'm a kid, man. I, I'm just having fun. Just a little bit. You know what I mean? Like just a little. I'm cool. But see, the enemy knew it. The enemy knew these generational curses. Now, I mean, look, maybe your, your family doesn't have the same type of generational sin. Maybe yours is not addiction. Maybe yours is lying, cheating. 
pornography, stealing, whatever, whatever type of, of sin. But here's the, the, the facts of, of the matter, is the enemy knows exactly the struggle of your family. He knows exactly what it is. And he will use it to exploit it and to bind you with it. And so you need to be mindful of it, not fearful of it. We don't fear anything. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. We don't fear it, but we sure, we sure better be mindful of it. We better be mindful so that we can watch and pray. Do you know that's what Jesus says right before the enemy came to take him? He was talking to the disciples. He doesn't say close his eyes and pray. We all say close our eyes and pray. Jesus said watch and pray so that the enemy, you can see him coming. Keep your eyes open and watch. Watch. Right? So we be mindful, we're to be mindful of how the enemy may, may bind us and tie us. And because he already had me, one string attached to me from the drinking, he said, I'll try a different one. And he tempted me with, with marijuana. He upped the ante. He upped the ante. And so now I fell to that temptation and I took that. And so now I no longer just have one string, but I have I have two strings and I'm the one trying to pull these things along and it's a little bit more difficult this time because I got two, not just one. One was a little bit easy, but two wasn't that easy, but I still had some control, so I'm still, I'm good. It still wasn't completely overpowering me. I could still move a little bit, still white and 40, but still could move a little bit. But the problem was this, when I was drinking and smoking, it began to blind me to the severity of the sin that was happening within me. It started to blind me to it. And here's the thing, the enemy never laid off of me, not for a moment. He never stopped, he never relented. It wasn't like, oh, well, I got him now, let's give him a break. Uh-uh, nope. Nope, he came after me just as hard. And again, I'm a teenager, right? I'm just having fun, it's cool, it's not a problem. I was raised in church my whole life. It's all good. I can, I can dabble a little bit. I'll be fine. God, God's good. He gets it. And so, boom. But you know what happened with the, these two strings? I had to then have another string to cover up these two strings. So I had to start lying, cheating, stealing. To cover up because, listen, if my mom would have caught me doing it back, I, I literally wouldn't be here today. She would have killed me. Like, for real. Killed me. So I had to lie. I had to. There was no other way around it. Like I couldn't let people know I was doing these different things. And so, so bam, now I have a third string attached to me. And did you know this, that the Bible says a three-strand cord is not easily broken. Now we obviously use it in its context, which is important, right? It's with a marriage. It's talking about a spouse, a husband and wife that love one another, that love God, that love God above all else, that he then becomes a third strand to bind you together. And it's not easily broken when you have God in the center of your marriage. I promise you that. You want to protect your marriage? Put Jesus in the center of it and you'll never have a problem with it. Guarantee it. Anyway, also though, it's a spiritual tie is what God is talking about. The third strand is a spiritual tie. And so the enemy has the same type of spiritual stuff happening. And so when we have three strings, he will start to, he'll start to braid it, to use it. I'm telling you, the three strands, it won't be so easily broken. It'll be able to pull us. It'll be able to pull us. See, I gave him three. And once he had three, he was able to make a rope out of it. 
And ropes pull. Strings you can pull. Strings you can. Ropes you can. Ropes become tug of war. Now, now he's got me and I got, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying hard as I can to pull. Trying everything that I have. And once he had that third strand and he could pull me where he wanted me, it wasn't long after that where he had me so bound up and so tied up with addiction, I didn't know where I was headed. I had no idea. I found myself not only drinking and smoking and lying and cheating, but now I found myself being pulled into heroin addiction. It lasted eight long years of my life. It just about killed me on multiple different occasions. God had to literally save me from ODs. And, but it tried, it tried, it was trying with it. The enemy was trying to kill me. And, and here's what, man, I just thought I was having fun. I never set out at 13 years old to become all bound up in sin. Never set out to do that. I was having fun. I was just a kid. My friends were doing it, right? My teammates were doing it. Let's just do it. It's cool. See, I didn't realize that one sin would lead to another sin that would then lead to another sin and, and cause it to bind me up. I never knew that those who practice sin become a slave to sin. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that. But because I didn't understand the severity of sin, I thought I could play around with it a little bit. Just a little bit, I can dabble, just a little bit. But the problem was, is the enemy wasn't playing with me. The enemy was literally trying to kill me because he heard the word that God had spoken over me. And I can't let that happen. So I better take him out now before that happens. So when he had the rope, when he had that third, that third strand, man, he was able to, to drag me wherever he wanted me. It was strong enough now to pull me. And here's what he do. He, he does this, right, by, by tempting us with sin that entices us with sin that entices us. See, the Bible says in James chapter one, verse 14, 15, it says this, each person is tempted with his own desires. He is tempted when he is lured away and he is pulled away and enticed by his own desires, then desires when it has conceived gives birth to sin and when sin is fully grown, it gives forth death. The enemy will only tempt you with things that you like to do. The sins in our lives, it isn't because we don't like them, it's because we do like them, so we do them. He's not gonna tempt you with things you don't like. That doesn't even make sense. Like my wife can never tempt me and get me to do something by telling me she's gonna give me ice cream. I'm lactose intolerant. Can't tempt me with that. <laughs> I want that crap. <laughs> There's other things she could use, she's my wife to tempt me, take me wherever she wants me. The enemy, the enemy, listen to me, the enemy will only tempt you with things that he knows you like to do and hopes to make a rope to bind you and to pull you. And here's the thing, man, the truth of the matter is, is this. It can all look different for all of us. The sin could all look different. Most of us probably, it does look different. Whether the sin is gossip or anger or strife or dissension or divisions or, or rivalries, these are all the different sins that Galatians chapter five talks about. It doesn't matter. 
If we give in to any of those sin, it makes way for more sin. Do you know what I found in my life? This is so true. At different times when I allow anger to creep in, which is sin. The Bible says the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. It's a sin. But there's plenty of times in my life, especially road rage. Boy, I'll let her rip. Get out of my way. <laughs> if you ain't got nowhere to be, go home. <laughs> it's like I'm the most important person on the road or something. So stupid. But, but I give in to the anger that time. It's a lot easier to give in to it the next time. The next time I can get angry real quick. My, my fuse gets shorter and shorter every time I give in to that sin. But man, when I stand strong and say, wait a minute, I'm not going to act like a fool. I'm going to be cool. I get it. You're not in a hurry. I am. I should have left earlier. The next time I run into it, it's a much easier time not to fall into the anger. This is what sin does. It makes way for more sin. Sin can only give birth to other sin. It's the only outcome that sin can bring is sin. That's it. And it brings forth death. We've got to understand the severity of sin. We've got to understand the bondage that sin creates so that we can seek the freedom that Jesus wants to give us. And then we can celebrate the freedom that is ours in Christ Jesus. Because who the Son sets free is free indeed. See, look, man, I, I, I may have not had the power to pull this sin with me because he had a rope, man. I, I may not have had the power to pull it and to break free from it. But man, the moment that I, I let go and surrendered it to Jesus and took a step towards Jesus, they all broke free. Every string that was ever attached to me, it was all gone in a twinkling of an eye. It was, it was finished. Jesus said, it is finished. Sin is over. It's dead. It's defeated. As long as you are found in me, it's over. And I'll take that sin and I'll throw it into the sea of forgetfulness and toss it as far as the east is from the west. It'll never be brought before you again. You are perfectly clean before me. The moment that I ran towards Jesus, every one of these worthless strings were broken. And when I received the freedom, man, I received sonship, the adoption into sonship by which I cry, Abba, Father. And the son remains in the house forever because who the son sets free. Come on, is free indeed. Is free indeed. Is free indeed. Because greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in you if you've given your life to Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this stinking world. He is under our feet in Jesus' name. Jesus came to set the captive free. That's why he came. He said, I came to, to set it all straight. To break every string to sin. To get rid of it once and for all. With one sacrifice, with one blood spilt, I'm going to get rid of every bit of it. If you'll just come to me. He broke every string that was ever attached to me. And because he did it for me, you got to know he'll do it for you. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. And then he'll use you to tell other people how he broke it off of you. So yes, listen, we have to understand the severity of sin. We have to fight it with everything that is within us. Matter of fact, the Bible says flee from it. Don't mess around with it. Don't dabble in it. Don't touch it. Don't play with it. Don't kind of, you know, no, no, no. Run from it. Run from sin. 
That's what it says. Flee from the temptation so that no strings get attached to you. But there's a greater authority before us. And his name is Jesus. There's a greater authority. And to anyone who declares him king of kings and Lord of lords, they are set free. Amen. In Jesus' name. Through surrender, not striving. Here's the thing, man. I really felt like the Lord wanted to speak to some today that have some sin attached to you. And you are having a heck of a time, man, breaking free from it. You don't even want it. Like, I really don't even want to. I don't want to do this. I don't want to lie. I, I don't want to be mean. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do these. Whatever that is, whatever, whatever the sin is, I really don't want to do it anymore. But I can't find to get free from it. I, it's pulling me instead of me pulling it. Man, I feel like the Lord today wants to set you free from it. That he wants you to leave this place completely transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news that it's by grace through faith that you are saved and set free. Just by turning to him and surrendering it to him. And so Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that by your spirit, Lord, right now, that chains are being broken, that bondages are being loosened, that by your spirit, God, there is freedom reigning in the hearts of men and women in this place and watching online. I pray that right now in Jesus' name, that they can start to feel the strings being broken off of their lives and the pull of sin lessening and lessening being completely removed from them. I pray when they leave this place, the burdens of this world would grow strangely dim. <laughs> that God, they would feel such a weight lifted off of them. Because of the sin that you set them free from. And I pray, Lord, that we would declare that the glory is yours from now till evermore. Lord, I thank you for each and every person here, and I thank you for the freedom that you've brought them. Now I pray you would help them and strengthen them to walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.